there is certainly something very important with cities and buildings about their kind of anchors against the time that flows. So not only if you're saving material, but you're actually designing something that aesthetically is really interesting. This is the AEC Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration only on market scale. Hurricane Sandy in New York City drew attention to the fact that our infrastructure is not up to the standard that it has to be. What's kind of cool about this AEC industry is it's built in that you're forced to continue learning. Put on your hard hats. Let's get to work. I'm your host, Sean He. You know, when people think about data centers, they really think of these large, cold, boring fortresses that hold these incredibly complex systems that manage all of the data that most of us would never understand. But we can understand the challenges that these locations can run into. Perhaps uh, a fire or a flood or, or a design flaw. And today I have an opportunity to have a conversation with someone who gets to deal with all of that fun stuff on a daily basis. Hector Moreno is the Director of Business Development Data Centers for FiberBond. Hector, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks. Thanks, John. Uh, now, Appreciate I, you having me on. I have to say, thanks so much for coming on. I hope I'm not keeping you from some emergency because I know you really, you live <laughs> life on the edge. Do you spend every waking moment at work just thinking about the worst possible scenario? Uh no, well, I'm an engineer by training, so I'm a mechanical engineer by training. So one of the things they teach you in, in, when you're doing theory, you know, theor- theoretical design, is you do account for anything and everything, um, whether it's uh, redundant designs, whether it's um, having safety factors. I mean, anything that goes into very critical facilities, you have to think of the worst that can happen. So in terms of environmental environmental effects or even just uh, immediate failures, electrical failures, mechanical failures, et cetera. So yeah, it's it is something that uh, every engineer every engineer is kind of trained. It's kind of a, a second hand uh, that you think about. So engineers don't see emergencies; they just see situations that need to be resolved. Yeah, they're problems, problems to be solved. So, what's the one problem that you hate the most? What just absolutely just makes you go, "Oh no"? Well, right now, I think the the problem is not so much in the in the data center industry in general. The problem not so much is is what. Uh, environmental problem or or possibly failure of any kind of equipment it's it's more getting it getting these uh, data centers built um, there's really a, a race to get these things built uh, not only uh, quicker uh, more cost effective but also safely um, and so I think the the biggest challenge in, t- in at least I've only been doing this 15 months in this in this particular industry is that is trying to deploy uh, and construct safe, uh, more resi- more resilient data centers all over the country. Now, the demand for data centers is growing exponentially, but data centers themselves are actually starting to shrink a little bit in physical size, aren't they, in order to improve uh, efficiency? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean that. I mean, this is way outside my 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 intelligence factor, but the, you know, they're definitely. It's just like our computers; they're making. Uh, they're making microchips that are smaller. They're making that have more power. Uh, so those servers are getting smaller. However, the actual data center footprints themselves are still relatively large. Um, I think probably what you're referring to, Sean, is uh, there are smaller data centers that are being built kind of on the, the I don't know if you've ever heard of the edge uh, in terms of computing, but as a periphery to these larger data centers, so smaller smaller blocks of data centers that are, that are uh, 
working in parallel with the with the host data center, if that makes any sense. So getting that data uh, data center closer to you or closer to wherever it's being used, whether it's being uh, in the whether it's in the um, in the industrial uh, industry or in the or in the hospital industry or hotels, wherever that that data is being consumed, they want to get it closer to the 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 person or the company or the the industry that's consuming it. Another thing that you are seeing is that more companies are starting to realize that they can benefit from using a data center. So that changes the profile of the customer, but it also changes the deliverables that data centers are going to be required to provide, right? No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you look at 20, 30 years ago, I I mean, outside of the banking systems, I mean, who, I mean, what kind of industry do you think was going to use, consume large amounts of data? And we're not even talking, we're not, I mean, we haven't even touched on consumer data, but we're talking about it industry-wide. Now, I mean, anybody, schools, schools are, are, are processing all their data in a cloud that they need, they need their, their systems to, to be updated constantly. And, and they're not going to have a host of servers. They used to have, you know, the one closet in the, in, in, in the, in the back of the school that had the server where all the information was there. Well, that's, that's going by the wayside. Now they're going to more centralized ports um, to, to collect and then upload to the cloud. Um, so yeah, it, the, the demands are changing. The demands are changing. Um, and it, you know, I honestly, Sean, I mean, it's, I'm not, I've only been doing this 15 months, but the people I've talked to and um, the the industry kind of shows that I've been to, we haven't even we haven't even uh, seen the tip of the iceberg on this. Once you start getting into more automation in industry and uh, more AI technology, AR technology, VR technology, it's uh, it looks kind of crazy. As you are going to these shows and as you just settle in to your day-to-day, are you seeing that software is really starting to take um, center stage in the development of these data centers? Uh, and not so much on my side because we're more on the construction side of these. So the software side, I wouldn't say we're not completely blind to it, but it's not something that it's, is our, our primary focus. Our primary focus is the construction and the, and the delivery of a data center uh, as a whole. All right, let's talk about let's talk about the mechanics of that, the the sheer physics of a data center. Now, you mentioned the difficulty or the challenge in in getting them constructed, but once they're constructed or during the construction phase and then once they're finished, you're obviously concerned with safety and security, not just for the people inside the building, but for the machinery inside the building for the structure itself. When you are looking at possible environmental factors, um, obviously, uh, flood, erosion, wind, um, th- there are a whole bunch of things that can go wrong with a data center. Oh, yeah. um, what is there one that you always think of first or is it does it change on a case by case basis? It changes by case by case basis, but we, we've been fortunate enough for over over 35 years as Fiberbond, the company I work for, um, to deliver very not for data centers specifically, but for the tele, telecommunications industry, these uh, CRAN huts that are that are at the base of these cell phone towers, pretty much all over the country. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, these little concrete boxes, if you will, we've been able to deploy over 46,000 of these all over the country and all kinds. So in high seismic areas in California. 
high wind areas in you know in Florida, 150 mile an hour winds, uh, seismic range four in uh, seismic category four in California. Um, uh, it in all in, in high humidity areas and dry areas. I mean, you name it, all the harshest environments. So every location is different and every location uh, is designed so there's a set of codes uh ase is one of the code governing codes and ibc is another one of the governing codes that control what environmental loads you should use in that specific area to so that it means so the facility whatever facility is maintains its structural integrity um and it, it lasts as long as it's supposed to last and there's also categories categories of, of criticality um and like hospitals have the the highest level of, 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 of criticality, schools. And what, what that does is that you apply safety factors that if it, let's say, it's, it's good for, for example, if it's good for a uh, 30, pound, uh, 30 pound per square foot live load, maybe for a school you multiply that by three, that it's, it's, it's capable of handling three times that because it's a school, so it's a critical facility. So the, the environmental loads are, are huge. I mean, that's what you start. Any kind of building design, whether it's a data center or a hospital or a school, uh, it starts with the environmental loads. Now, I would imagine you're quite more mature when you look at a challenge in front of you. For me, if I see, you tell me that I'm building something in California, I'm going to dare an earthquake to mess with my insulation. I, I mean, I'm going to be like Lieutenant Dan on the mast in Forrest Gump, just screaming at the storm and daring <laughs> it to do worse. Um, you're much more mature than I am. Put me in your mindset. When you are looking at, let's say, for example, California, you're going to do a project in California. Tell me the mindset that you have to take from day one. So in, in term, so the, the, the most critical thing is seismic. Uh, that's, a, that's the most critical thing. So uh, the building codes, so California has a, so every, I'm not sure how much, how familiar you are with the, with building codes, but there's a national building codes and there's uh, most states have adopted their own building codes. So California has their own building code. That's basically has an amendment to the larger, uh, to uh, an amendment to the, to the national uh, building code. And what, what that does has some pretty restringent, stringent requirements. And it's basically a bunch of check, checklist i mean if i can simplify it it's a bunch of checklists that tell you okay if you're in this region here's your zone and if you're in this zone uh x amount of feet away from a school you need to be x what kind of what are you storing are you storing is it a water facility is it a data center is it a school then it has another list of criteria that you have to meet so it's pretty stringent so in your mind as an engineer you're looking at this and you're thinking okay well uh, i have to make sure that i, I check all these boxes First, define what category I'm in, which lane I'm in, and then make sure I comply with all these um, all these requirements. Now, when you mention my knowledge of building codes, I can tell you that, in fact, I am aware that there are codes. That's the extent of my knowledge <laughs> of codes. Uh, it seems like it's, it's almost uh, analogous to baseball. Uh, minor league and major league baseball, each ballpark has a set of ground rules. Yes. You know, this is a home run, this is a foul ball. So you're dealing with... Uh, an ever-changing set of rules and regulations. Correct. So that, and I'm a baseball guy, so you're, you know, you're you're playing right into my strength here. So yeah, that's exactly right. So so I mean, baseball is a perfect analogy because you know it's still nine innings. It's still the, the the rules are all the same. However, the dimensions change in every in every ballpark. So you do have some subtleties there, and that's that's kind of that's a good way of looking at at the different codes. Another thing that you have changing on a daily basis is energy demand. Is that mm -hmm. uh, is that becoming more and more of a challenge? Yeah, well, data centers are are, are huge uh, are, are hugely, hugely dependent on, on energy. Um, they're a big consumer of energy, 
And so if you look at where the larger data centers have been built in the last 10, 15 years, uh, they've been built in areas where there's been an abundance of energy. Uh, and these larger companies who are building these data centers are, you know, they, they either make deals with the local government or they, they, they you know, they, they set up their, their business plan based on energy, on their energy consumption and what they can pay for it. So that's, that's kind of one of the, one of the main criteria for selecting a site. We don't get into that part of it. We're a sub, we're a sub supplier of that. So we don't really have any say in that, but we're, we're definitely aware of it. Um, in your 15 months, has there been a particular project that you just instinctively check back on every once in a while, just as a protective sort of father thinking, hmm, I wonder how that's doing. Yeah. So the, the, the cycle, the cycle for, for the kind of projects that we do in the data center market are anywhere between six and 18 months. So you know, they're not widgets or custom design, uh, things. I'm, I'm, I won't even call them buildings because they could be buildings, it could be skids, it could be, uh, it could take many different forms. So the really the design cycles, again, six to 18 months before it actually gets put on site. Um, so the, one of the ones we're working on right now um, that we've been working on, it's going to be a year now, uh, this month, actually, we're, we're in November already, Sean, can you believe yes. that? Uh, so one of the ones we're working on now is, is, uh, is a modular data center. Uh, modular data center that's um, for us it's a first of kind it's the first time doing one of these modular data centers it's a really cool concept and um, it's it's something that we it's taking the concept of a bigger data center so a bigger data centers is massive it's like a big big warehouse with big generators on the outside of it, with big uh, HVAC units on the outside of it. Um, but what we're done is taking like a small chunk of that, like a slice of it, like a, and, and make, and cutting it up like into a loaf of bread. Uh, and then we make the, every individual loaf of bread, put all the equipment in there, test it as much as we can in our facility. And then when we ship it out to the facility, we put it all together. We do all the structural reconnections, all the electrical reconnections. We make sure we, it has a common roof uh, so it's uh, so it doesn't leak, so the roof doesn't leak, and you, all your critical equipment stays dry. Um, and we can do that uh, at a fraction of a time, and, and most of the time at a fraction of a cost of a typical data center build. So that, if you talk about a, a favorite project, it would be something like that. Hold on. Now, you, you mentioned modular art. Are you talking about putting HVAC and all of those sensitive pieces of machinery inside a protective covering as part of the construction? Yes, yes. So the HVAC units, no, because those are those are massive. I mean, you talk. I mean, they could be massive. Um, they could, they're their standalone units, but they have their own protective covers already. So, um, but as far as everything else, all the all the power equipment that's required to power that data center would be in a protective enclosure. All for lack of a better term, all your, all your, all your servers, all your smart equipment is under that, that those protective modular systems and any kind of conference rooms or bathrooms that you need to put uh, as an extension of this can be put together as well. Now to follow along in this metaphor, is this a loaf of bread that you can change the size of it? Is there a, a scalability factor? Absolutely. So the, the idea now, and this is not something that Firebun uh, is exclusive to Firebun. It, you know, all, all these companies, uh, the, the really smart companies, do the, the do the smart stuff. Where we like to say we do the dumb stuff, and then we kind of integrate it. But the the really smart folks that think about this, um, they want to do them in chunks, and it depends on the company. They have their uh, their IT loads are are different. So some do 1.2 megawatts, 1.8 megawatts, two megawatts. But the whole idea is you have these loaf of breads that you can say. Uh, I need two, and I have a customer who needs to deliver them in six months. Okay, and 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 you, and, and you slice them up and you deliver them in six months. 
before what would happen is they only need two, but they have to build 20. And they have to build this big warehouse to fit 20. And that's a huge capital cost for, for whoever's building that data center. So they're able, as long as they can secure the land to be able to expand and scale, they can order as they go along. And so the whole point is to try to standardize a design, standardize a supply chain so that when they're ready, when they have customers ready to, to use that data uh, and that space, that they can deploy it as needed. Now, I feel sort of guilty. I'm, I'm constantly aware of the clock as we're having this conversation because I think, oh, man, I might be keeping Hector for an emergency. So to wrap up today's conversation, I'm going to ask you a two-part question. Tell me about what constitutes a really bad day for you. And then tell me about what constitutes a really good day at the end of the day. Hmm. That's a, that's a good question. I feel like I should be laying on a couch or something to answer this question. So, <laughs> uh, so a really bad day. So a really bad day would be sitting in an airport, which I do often, uh, with a flight delayed. Flight delayed on a Friday afternoon, trying to get back home, see my wife and kids. That would be a bad day. Um, but I realize people have way worse days than that, but so I'll qualify that. Uh, let's see. A, a really good day. A really good day is sitting, sitting around with my kids, each of them doing what they do. One on an iPad, the other one playing Fortnite, uh, another one drawing and sketching. My wife and I enjoying a, uh, an adult beverage and having a casual. So that's a good day for me. So let it's me cheap. ask that you this. Cheesy, because you... That's, that's what it is. No, not absolutely no that's perfect so i have a question now um are are you able to do any of the Fortnite uh victory dances without hurting yourself the one i can't do is the floss that's the one i can't figure out okay i can do that one but every single one that i do embarrasses my daughter so that's the exact reason that you should do them Today, it's been my pleasure to have a conversation with Hector Moreno, the Director of Business Development Data Centers for Fiberbond. Hector, thanks so much for taking the time today. This was really interesting. Pleasure, Sean. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. 